beautiful souls, and we are so happy to have you back this week. So we're going to continue on today talking about a focus a little bit more on athletes in terms of mindset zones. Last week, we did talk about behavioral styles in athletes, but in both discussions, it has so much applicability to just regular life, everyday life. So while there's definite um, focus on the athlete life, if you play sport in determining, you know, looking at your behavioral styles and your mindset zones, there's still a lot of information there for you, but also for all you out there who don't play sports, it's going to be really interesting and fun. And we hope that you really enjoy. So let's go. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Happy to have you for another week. Um, We're really excited to talk about mindset zones this week. But before we do, because this kind of goes with what we talked about last week, we thought we would just just do a quick recap on what we talked about last week, which was the athlete disc assessment. Um, Again, the athlete disc assessment is was taken from the corporate disc assessment. Um, Bo Hansen and Liz Mason created it for athletes, coaches and managers. The DISC letters stand for Dominance, Influence, Steady, and Conscientious, and those essentially represent the different behavioral styles that you possess. Um, And what we talked about last week was there's no right or wrong here. Um, It's just simply a tool to help you understand what your behavioral style is, um, what your strengths are within that behavioral style and what your weaknesses are so that you can work on improving those or maybe adapting your behavior depending on who you're talking to. Um, And this is really just a great tool for not only the athlete to know about themselves, but to know about their teammates, for the coaches to know about the athletes, um, for everyone to know about what their parents are, siblings, teachers, classmates, everything. It just helps make everyone kind of communicate more effectively, I guess you could say. Um, So I I guess I could just recap what each one is. Dominance, um, the main characteristics are decisive, daring, argumentative, demanding, dominant, and high ego. Influence, main characteristics are short attention span, enthusiastic, emotional, lack of follow-through, persuasive, and optimistic. Steady, main characteristics are slow-paced, team-first mentality, patient, peaceful, calming, loyal. And conscientious main characteristics would be rule follower, perfectionist, precise, fact finder, giant computer brain, accurate, and risk averse. Um, And now understanding kind of where you fall in these categories um, sort of kind of leads into what we're going to talk about today, which is mindset zones. Um, Because the more you understand, the more self-aware you are, um, the better off you are in identifying which mindset zone you are in at any given time, and then will help you to kind of move into the desired mindset zone. So that was a quick recap. Did I hit everything? Yes, I I think you did. Yes, absolutely. And the main thing, if you, if you didn't get a chance to listen to, um, uh, the last episode about it, you can go back and listen to that. So you can get a little more, more texture there. But I think the main thing about it that I got took from it was that understanding where we are in our own behavioral styles, understanding other people's behavioral styles allows us to navigate um, the landscape better. It's like, oh, I can reckon, oh, that person, I don't need to take that personally, or, oh, I understand what's happening over there, or now, or I understand what's happening with me right now. It helps you to make sense of all the emotional ways that we show up in, in, 
in circumstances and specifically here we're talking about in sports. Um, but now we're going to start talking about this whole other mindset thing, which I got excited about. I don't know, maybe several episodes back when we started talking about this, because I think it's so applicable to our day in and day out life, you know, that has nothing to do with sports. It's just how we can recognize what kind of zone we're in on any given time in our day. And I was really excited to kind of dive more into this because I really, um, related to being able to symbolize where I'm at in a day in those zones. So I'm excited to unpack this more with you. Yeah, me too. Um, and, and this is something, yes, I teach it to athletes in the context of how it affects their performance. And, you know, from, from that perspective, but I also remind them frequently that, you know, this applies to outside of sport too. If you think about performance as a whole, I mean, we're constantly performing in some way. I mean, you and I are performing right now. Mm -hmm. I perform when I'm taking care of my kids all day, right? We perform at school, at our jobs. Um, Really the only time we might not be performing is when we're Netflix binging, (laughs) right? Um, But if you can kind of keep that in mind as we go through this, I think this this will be really helpful um, in, like you said, to identify kind of which zone you're in at any given moment throughout the day, um, identifying if that's beneficial for you or not. Um, and then sort of being able to identify that and then move yourself out of that, uh, the undesired zone into the more desirable one. Got it. Okay. Let's do it. So where to begin? (laughs) Okay. So I teach four zones. I teach red zone, green zone, yellow zone, and orange zone. And the way that I kind of um, conceptualize this for the athletes is based off of, I'm gonna do a little bit of theory here, the Yerkes-Dodson law. So the Yerkes-Dodson law indicates that there's a relationship between pressure and performance, okay? So essentially performance will increase as pressure or arousal increases, but only up to a certain point, okay? So if, it, if you get too high, um, that can be debilitative, right? And if you're too low, obviously that is as well. So if you kind of think of it not as a straight line across on a scale one to 10, but as a bell curve, mm-hmm. okay? So just sort of imagine a bell curve with those same n- numbers, one to 10. One is very low. Okay, and that's gonna start us off in yellow zone. One is very, very low. And as you kind of move up the bell curve, now your numbers are increasing. One, two, three, four. When you get to four, five, six, seven, you're kind of at the top of the bell curve, which is the green zone. And then as you get eight, nine, 10, seven, eight, nine, 10, you're heading back down the other side of the bell curve. Um, and that's red zone. Okay. So am I, are you following me so far? Okay. So, so that's the bell curve scale one to 10, the optimal zone for performance in this bell curve is essentially between is like four five and six, essentially, right. Mm -hmm. That's the green zone. That's when the curve is at its highest. Right. Um, So, which if you're thinking on it at a flat scale and you ask someone scale of one to 10, how do you think you did today? And they say five, that usually means mediocre, right? In this case, a five is great. We want five. We want four, five, and six. Okay. It's peak performance. Exactly. It's peak performance, peak performance training, LLC. Yes. (laughs) Little, little plug plug there, but from our, our sponsor. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we want to aim for that, for that peak performance, which in this case is four, five, and six. Okay. Um, When you're in like one, two, and three, that's what I call 
the yellow zone. So I guess we'll start there. Let's start with the yellow zone. Mm -hmm. This is where a lot of bad habits form, (laughs) both physically and mentally. Um, Essentially, when you're in the yellow zone, you're not really caring, right? You're you're just kind of going through the motions. Um, Speaking from a sport standpoint, like if you're on a team, you're really just sucking the life out of your teammates, out of your coaches. If you know anybody out there has been a, been a coach before or been on a team where you have this type of player, you're just like, oh God, come on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, parents watching in the stands, it can be really frustrating for you too. Um, there's like literally zero motivation here. Um, in a lot of cases, you might, depending on your behavioral style now, and we'll tie this together at the end, but um, depending on your behavioral style, you might start off in red zone, which we'll get to in a second, but you'll transition into yellow. That essentially becomes your red zone, I guess, mm-hmm. right? Or, or vice versa. So a couple things to note when you're in this zone, we'll go through different um, sort of like what you're thinking about in this zone is anything and everything except your sport, or if you relate this to outside of sport, except what you're focusing on, right? If you think about, okay, I got to sit down and write this email and you sit down to write the email and you're just like, oh, what's this other email that I got from um, Amazon? Or, you know, you're just sort of like wandering, you're getting bored. Yes. And then you go, and then you go look at your phone you go down the yeah. rabbit hole of Instagram and you go, oh, wait, I forgot. There's something at the exactly. front door. And then you're like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. And then you exactly. go, yeah. Yeah. So the yellow zone, let's, let's put some words on uh, some descriptive words on yellow zone. Yellow zone is, um, I'm distracted. So, so yes, la la land distraction board. I have other things I could be doing right now. Like you're just focusing on anything except for what you should be focusing on. Okay. And, and so, I'm kind of not in the present moment. I'm sort of no. just out there somewhere. So yeah, on, la la what land. it looks like in sport, <laughs> what it looks like in sport is like, like, where is her head? Where is his head? What is going on? What are they yes. thinking? They look disorganized, distracted, and they look like the things we just talked about. Yeah. In regular non-sport life, it looks like um, the same sort of thing. It's lack of drive, lack of purpose, lack of kind of knowing what your day is about, mm-hmm. not sort of getting up and, and attacking your day with purpose. It looks like ambiguity. It looks like a little bit like you, like in relationships, like you really don't care. You're not really pouring into yourself. You're not pouring into others. Mm -hmm. You're just letting life run you. Right. Okay. So that's what it looks like in real life. You said sum it up. You could kind of, you could say shiny object syndrome. Okay. Got you. Easily get distracted by something else. Basically you're, you're just focusing on anything except for what you either want to be focusing on or should be focusing on. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So that's yellow zone. Then if, as we move up the scale, we'll go into green zone. So green zone flow state, optimal zone for performance, right? That's what I coach my athletes on. So you're, you're focused, you're in the zone, your, your, your thought process is, um, I got this, I'm prepared. I'm ready for today. You're focusing on the process, not the outcome, right? Cause we can't control outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, you're locked into the present moment. That's something that you mentioned with yellow zone. We're just not in the present moment in green zone. We are, we're fully present. We're here. We're focused. We're ready to go. Um, you're energetic. You're happy. Maybe you have a little bit of nervousness, which is fine. Cause remember the bell curve. Now we go up, right. As mm-hmm. um, if you think about stress or anxiety being at the bottom of that, of this graph, 
the, the horizontal line and then the vertical line is performance, right? So as we go up, when we're in yellow zone, our anxiety or excitement level is very, very low. And in the middle is, again, that's why this is the optimal zone, right? You have enough, but not too much. Enough to, to, to know that you care, right? Mm-hmm. You need some nervousness because it shows you care. If you don't have any nervousness at all. It's kind of like you're in yellow zone. You're like, what, why are we even doing this, right? Mm-hmm. You want enough to, to be there, be present, but not too much where we're in red zone where it's debilitating. And we'll get there in right. a second. But so you're just locked in here. You're very positive, upbeat. Um, you respond positively to other people who are saying things. You tend to hear when you talk about, um, you could talk about like selective hearing a little bit in this zone, everything that you're choosing to hear is positive. Whereas, yes. I love that. Yeah. When we get to red zone, everything that you choose to hear is going to be negative. Okay. So, so we, yes. So love this. So in real life, yes. non-sport life, this looks like, oh my God, I had the best day. Yes. Right. Like everything you did and everything you showed up for that you had an intention to do that day, it just felt good. And it like that, that client that you had, like it just worked and we, and we made some progress and they got it. And that just felt so good. And then you went over and did this other thing that day. And that just felt so good. And the day just ended up like the day was so perfect because yes. you were present and you were, were everything turned out because you were in the zone, you right. were in the zone and everything turned out to just be fantastic that day. Yeah. So that would be, that would be, you're getting into a little bit of reflection, right? It's important to keep in mind that with the zones, these are present moment things, okay? right? So, because to stay in green zone for an entire day would be incredibly exhausting and taxing, right? So we, it's, um, it's not something that you want to strive to because again, that would be perfection. Perfection doesn't exist, right? Yeah. It would be awesome to be in green zone all day, but that would be really exhausting. So we'll, and when we get to orange zone, we'll talk about this. We want to transition in and out, but yeah, to reflecting back, you might be able to reflect back on when you were in green zone. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you're in the midst of that reflection, you're probably in orange zone, which is a good thing. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. But yes. So your focus when you, and you know, when you're in that moment, you're focused on what you're doing and everything's going the way that you want it to be going. Yes. Okay. Red zone. So now we're at the, the end of the, the stress line at the bottom way too much. Right. So this is when things, <laughs> when bad things start to happen. Um, your thinking is usually in the past or in the future. Right. So if you think about this for a second from an athlete's perspective, let's say they made a mistake. Right. And they start to head into red zone. Their thinking is is usually in the past or in the future in that they're ruminating over the mistake. They're replaying it over and over and over in their head, beating themselves up for it. And then maybe they transition into the future like because of this. Now I'm never going to get recruited for a scholarship and go to college. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Past and future thinking. We're not in the present moment right? Which means we're unable to focus on our process, which is what we need to be focusing on in order to perform to our excellence, right? So thinking is in the past or the future, emotions, usually very angry, stressed, 
nervous, anxious, frustrated, overly excited to the point where, like I said, it becomes debilitating, right? When you talk about your physiology, um, your body is tense. Now, these are things you could experience. Again, a lot of it also depends on your behavior style, but you could be tense, you could be shaky, you might hold your breath, um, might be hot, sweaty, nauseous. Um, when you're speaking, it's very snappy. You snap back at your coaches, at your teammates, you yell, um, uh, or you might completely shut down altogether. Like maybe you just become mute and you just completely shut down and you know no one can get through to you and you can't, like there's just nothing happening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a very frustrating zone to be in. And the longer you're in this zone, the worse it gets. This is what I call like the downward spiral zone. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, the whole idea behind what I coach my athletes, you know, with self self awareness and self-reflection is to be able to identify when you're starting to head into the zone as soon as you can, like the sooner you can recognize this, the better, because then you can implement the tools that you have in your toolbox to pull yourself out. Because if you go from zero to a hundred, once you get to that 100, can you pull yourself out? Yes, technically, yes, but it's going to be incredibly difficult, incredibly difficult, and it'll take some time. Like if you think in hockey terms, maybe a couple periods, mm-hmm. maybe you don't even get out of it that game and maybe still into the next practice, you're still there, right? So it's, it's really, really challenging. And a lot of athletes um, have a hard time with this, um, but this can 100% happen outside of sport too. Yeah, and I, I liken this to when we're uh, coaching people, what doesn't matter in sport or not in sport, there's that moment where you have to be able to get to when you're in red zone, I would imagine, where you recognize, oh, this is what it feels like to be in red zone. And you can take that moment uh, to say, ah, oh, this is it. I'm in red zone. Stop. Yep. Right? Stop. I need to pivot into something else. I need to recognize if I allow myself to stay here, it's not going to end well. So I need to make a pivot right now. And it's the same thing as people that I deal with, they like have anger issues, right? Where they just, they, there's no, whatever's in their mind comes out of their mouth and there's no moment. There's not mm-hmm. a, that space, that little moment that says, oh, let me think for just a second before I let this come out of my mouth, what I should say. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's being in a red zone in real life is being in a really angry place just like, you know, like in sport. So I think the critical thing is to very quickly identify here's where I am. And I'm sure you teach some techniques of, okay, what now, now that I know I'm here, what now? Well, yeah. And there's a reason why the first six weeks of my program is spent on (laughs) self-awareness and self-reflection because without being self-aware and that's including, you know, getting extremely vulnerable with yourself. You have to allow yourself to get vulnerable and you cannot do so with judgment, right? Because if you can't do that, if you, if you're unable to identify this stuff, you will not be able to pull yourself, pull yourself out of it. And the truth of the matter is the thoughts that we have affect our emotions, which affect our physiological responses, which affect our behavior, which affects our, our performance. But the mm-hmm. number, the first the very beginning of that loop is thoughts. We have to get familiar with what kinds of thoughts we're having and how those thoughts are affecting us with all the, in all those other categories. If we're unable to do that, we're not even able to identify which zone we're in. Right. And mm-hmm. if we can't identify which zone we're in, we can't pull ourselves out. And so, I would imagine if you can't identify 
that you're in this red zone and, and, and can't self-reflect and be self-aware of that, I would imagine there's probably going to be a lot of uh, lack of taking responsibility. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because, um, well, and again, depends on your behavioral style. But as we talked about last week, the D's, the dominance, right? Um, this is a big deal for them. They typically don't take a lot of responsibility for their mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. If you remember, we talked about um, they blame others for their mistakes, right? Let's say the past was perfect, but for whatever reason, they fumble it. Well, mm -hmm. it's not my fault. You, it was a bad pass. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> right. So yeah, right. so absolutely. And, and that's why it's important to kind of understand your behavioral style as well, so yeah. that you can, uh, it just further helps to identify which zone you're in and what, what that looks like for you. Cause like I said, I listed off a bunch of things that could happen to you physiologically speaking in the red zone, but not everybody's body is going to become tense, right? That might only happen to a yes. few people, right? Um, for others, maybe what happens to them is they become, um, I don't know, really shaky or they can't breathe, right? So mm -hmm. everybody's different and the behavioral styles just kind of help you to identify where you are and what happens to you in each zone. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Last one, orange zone. <clears throat> so this is, is out of sport, out of performance. So orange zone, I, I tell the athletes to strive to get as many orange zone moments as they can throughout the day, because it's a time where your body and your mind rejuvenates, refuels, right? Um, daydreams, your heart rate rests, right? You're, you're at a, just a resting heart rate. You're, um, because if you think about, now again, I work with student athletes, right? If you think about student athletes, like they're just like, go, 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 go all day long. Mm -hmm. school, sport, homework, you know, a private lesson, film, mm -hmm. more homework, you know, they're just like constantly going. And all of that is performance, right? And can, if they're not able to control, you know, we're talking about the zones, if they're not able to control what zone they're in, when you hit red zone, now you're talking kind of fight or flight, cortisol levels rise, which isn't good, right? It's it kind of related to back when we were cavemen, right? Mm -hmm. There's that tiger coming and now we have to run for our lives. When we get Literally. stressed out, yeah, when we get stressed out, that's, that's what happens to our body because our body doesn't understand the difference between a tiger in the living room and a hard test we're studying for, right? But that cortisol rises and all that stress stuff starts to happen and it's not good. So the more orange zone moments they can get throughout the day, the better off they're gonna be overall, both physically and mentally. Um, and also being able to sit down and get into orange zone, even if it's for just a couple of minutes, this practice is going to help them be able to transition into green zone from red or yellow in performance. Does that make sense? Very much so. When so. you're practicing throughout the day, call, you know, just going from the stress of school and I always tell them like when, when you are finished with school day and you're about to leave for practice, get in some orange zone time, let go of the school day, everything that happened, relax, rejuvenate, daydream, visualize, whatever, get your heart rate back down to resting, let go of that, 
And then you can prepare yourself for practice or a game or whatever and talk about getting into green zone and that sort of thing. But you have to get as many orange zone moments as you can throughout the day. It's going to help you be able to transition because it's not a matter of eliminating red and yellow zones. That's not possible to do. Right. Well, we're they're always, all, yeah, they're all going to exist. We're always going to have moments where we're heading into red or yellow. The, the mental toughness piece is identifying when you're in there and then fighting your way into green. That's mental toughness. That's what I tell them, right? Yep. Important thing about orange zone, you cannot get into orange zone when you're on your phone. <laughs> Social media, emails, phone calls, notifications popping off. There are, study, there are studies that have been done, even just picking up your phone increases your cortisol stress hormone level by 80, 80%, which automatically puts you in red zone, automatically. It's crazy. So when hmm. you're doing orange zone moments, no phone, unless you're like, I always tell them, put it on airplane mode and open up your meditation app. If there you, you go. Meditation yeah. app. Airplane mode, meditation app. Then, you know, that's, that's different. But if you're on your phone, seeing those notifications from your friends, social media stuff, like it's just, it's not a healthy state to be in. And it's not going to allow you to get into that resting space. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I think of this orange zone in, in, in our normal non-sport life, I'm thinking, you're sitting down and maybe you're just meditating or you're taking a nap or you're taking a walk or you're putting on some music or you're going to go, you know, I just need to refresh. Like a lot of times today when I'm working, I'll just need to take a break during the day. And I got up really early to work. Let's say I didn't, you know, hop in the shower first thing in the morning. I'll go take a break from the day and just go take a nice hot shower. Yes. Just, you know, change my energy, get refreshed and kind of start again. It might be, um, having a pleasant phone call with a friend. It's all just stuff that's peaceful and feels good and is very neutral. Yes. Yeah. And it's the same thing here. And I, I run them through kind of like different exercises that um, they can try out and see which exercises put them into which zones. And this is also, again, to help them sort of get familiar with what puts them into certain zones. Um, but once we can identify, you know, their, what gets them into orange zone, then, then we just take off with that. We run with it. So for some kids, it's, um, doing yoga, meditation, coloring is a really popular one. That's, you know, just Mm -hmm. sitting there because you're really just not now coloring for some people can be red zone. If they're, let's say like a C right. And they have to stay in those lines that can drive them nuts. But for a lot of athletes, coloring is a really good orange zone activity. Um, you know, things like that. Yeah. Hot shower, a bath, anything that's going to calm you and relax you and just allow you to unwind and let go of all the other stuff that you have going on in your life. Even if it's just for a couple minutes, it's mm-hmm. really, really important and finding time as a student athlete to do that. I understand is difficult, um, but it can be done again. Yes. Yeah. So those are the zones. So any questions on any of the any of that stuff? No, I, I totally understand all the zones and I completely can you know, like really reflect in regular life, how we can start to identify those zones that we're in during the day yep. and trying to adjust them and um, be very mindful of them and helping us to shift into, as we would say, shift in and lean into kind of going back to a higher vibration, a higher right. frequency. Um, and that's what we want to do. So I really, I really think that these zones have as much application to real life as they do in sport and learning how to 
manage them through sport will already give you a, you know, a head start oh, yeah. in adulthood. 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, if you want, we can now take it that next step and talk about the different behavioral styles in red and yellow zone. Okay. So for example, remember the D, right? Dominance. So the D's in red zone, <laughs> oh. in red zone, you know when a D, you know a D by their red zone. <laughs> um, they lash out, you know, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but they lash out, they blame everyone but themselves, they make excuses, um, they will yell or snap at their coaches, teammates, parents, referees, someone in the stands, right? Um, they get really upset when they don't win or when someone, um, or something gets in their way, you know, they're just really volatile in the yellow zone. They completely turn off and stop caring. Um, they become uncompetitive. They don't interact or take instruction very well. They sort of become just aloof. They're mm. just completely tuned out. Yeah, yeah. So if I can't be in control or I can't be dominating in this situation, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna forget the whole thing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So then eyes, eyes in the red zone. Remember, these are the party people, right? So eyes in the red zone, they'll start to try to do too much. They'll maybe take it all on themselves, right? Um, really bad body language, a lot of eye rolling, um, energy overload. They'll make jokes when things aren't funny, right? Which mm. is very distracting to their teammates and their coaches. Um, they'll give up when they realize they can't overcome whatever the obstacle is, they just give up like meh, whatever. So okay. kind of similar to a D's yellow zone. That's an I's red zone. Okay. Yeah. So it's interesting to kind of think about it that way. Now eyes in the yellow zone, their yellow, their yellow zone is kind of funny. They get really silly. They'll, they'll do um, like, just think of like, um, they'll start like little dance parties. They'll just like start dancing or, you know, just doing silly things. Um, they'll have really off topic conversations like outside of what they should be focusing on. Okay. Um, <laughs> they'll look anywhere and everywhere, but at their coach, their teammates or their parents. Um, they'll have to ask for instructions like a million times because they just don't, they're just not paying attention, not paying attention Yep. at all. Yeah. yeah. So that's, eyes are interesting in that regard. Um, so then we have S's, right? The, those are our studies, um, mm -hmm. our team first people. So S is in the red zone. They hide in their shell. They get really quiet. Um, they blame themselves for poor performance or mistakes. They say, I'm sorry a lot. Uh, fear of disappointing coaches, teammates, parents. Um, they really internalize all of that. It's really hard on them. Uh, they would rather not play than potentially lose the game, quote unquote, for their team. They would just rather sit on the bench and just mm -hmm. let everybody else play. You know, if they're, if they're, they've made a couple mistakes, they're in red zone and they're just like, you know what, Sally, you go, I, I just, you know what, I, you just, you go, I'm not, I'm going to lose the game for everyone. You just go. So they want to play it safe. Their whole thing is to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're just, because they're so team focused and team first mentality, they just, though they want to do anything and everything to not hurt the team. Even if that means that them not playing is going to hurt the team, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so S is in yellow zone. Again, they get very quiet. 
Um, they start hugging people a lot. They're very affectionate. Um, they spend a lot of time with the eyes laughing. Okay. So the eyes, when they're in yellow zone, they start telling jokes. If they can find a green in the yellow zone, they're, they're set. Both of them, they're set. <laughs> they're good. They can just run off into yellow zone, la la land together. <laughs> uh, because the eyes are going to be having fun telling jokes and the S's are going to be laughing at them. And I um, bet the D's are so pissed right now the because they're like, not taking anything seriously. Yes, the D's get, they just drives them even more crazy and they just lash out even more, right? Um, they're not engaged in their sport and they're, they're just smiling a lot. Yeah. So they're just sort of, yeah. Um, now C's. Those are our conscientious big computer brain rule followers, right? Black so, and, the black and whiters. Exactly. C's in the red zone. They overanalyze everything. So they're already overanalyzing, but when they're in the red zone, it just gets even worse. Um, they worry about perfection or the fact that they're not being perfect, right? Um, they pay too much attention to the little details that really don't necessarily matter all that much. Um, they don't respond well to feedback from coaches, teammates, and parents. They get upset if they think their opponent or teammates or siblings, <laughs> which is important, are cheating. That's a big thing for them. Mm. Um, and they fairness, become, fairness, black and white. Yes. There are rules. There are yes. rules that must be followed. Yes, and if they and and they might just it might just become one of those things where everybody's cheating. <laughs> like even if they're not, they're just like everybody's cheating. This isn't fair. We need to just stop. We need to know the rules. They're just, they freak out about that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. They become really like robotic, mm -hmm. um, yellow zone. So C's don't really go into yellow zone. Their yellow zone is kind of like a red zone. Okay. It's kind of one in the same. Um, yeah, they, they lack energy, um, because they're perfectionists. They, um, they typically won't go into yellow zone because remember yellow zone is boredom lackadaisical attitude, right? Not really caring. They do care a lot and they're very, they're perfectionists. So they not, um, it just doesn't exist for them. Like they can't- Well, they're even... so busy making sure that the world is operating the way it yes. should. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> making yeah. sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be too, doing and everybody's busy. behaving. Too yeah. busy to get bored. Yeah, too busy yeah. to get bored. Now, way too much to monitor. <laughs> yes, exactly. But they will start thinking about other- areas of their life where they need to be perfect, like school, um, studying for that test that's coming up, um, you know, so on and so forth. So that they may, they may, their mind just might wander to other areas where they have to worry about things or they're, they are worrying about things and not being perfect in that thing. If that okay, makes got sense. you. Yeah. yeah. So it's so very always that zone for them is always very self-focused. Yes. Yeah. And, and for, for C's and for coaches who have C's, for coaches who are not C's, who are working with C's, it can be really challenging because they can maybe think that they don't care or they're not focusing and that sort of thing, which is, and, and they might yell and scream at them, which is like the worst thing you could do for a C because they do care a lot. They, they are perfectionists. They care so much, but they're just having such a hard time wrapping their mind around certain things mm -hmm. that, you know, and so that's why it's really important for coaches to understand the behavioral styles of each of their players and for parents too, you know, because you, as a parent, you might be a D who has a C child. Oh, that we've seen those, that a thousand times. Those can, they, I mean, talk about clash, like 
and we, like we just talked about that frustration, right? D's get frustrated <laughs> easily. Um, well, we've co- we've coached we've coached several um, parent athlete scenarios where yeah. the parents were a D and the kids were another letter. Yeah. And the parents are always like, my kid doesn't care enough. My kid isn't working hard enough. My kid doesn't seem driven enough, motivated enough, you know, X, Y, and Z enough. And the kids, like we always discover, no, the kid really is actually having a great time and they do care. Yeah. But it's not in the way that a D thinks. Somebody right. And, and hearing that from the parent is like a dagger to the heart because they do care so much. It just isn't shown in the same way. Yeah. Right. It's similar to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago with the love languages. You know, mm-hmm. like, yes, I do love you very much, but you're just not seeing it because I'm not showing you the way that you need to be shown. Yes, yes. <laughs> right? that, I, that I recognize it. Exactly. Yeah, to be, yeah, to be yes. such. Yeah. So I get that completely. Yeah. Yeah. We see a lot of that. Yeah. So if it, I mean, this incredibly helpful tools for sure. Um, How do you get a, a uh, C to relax a little and be a little more fluid? Yeah, it's a process. I mean, with any of these behavioral styles, with all the athletes that I work with, right? Because this is how they are, right? This is, and it's not, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's just a matter of recognizing what's going on and understanding what your strengths are and continuing to build off of those strengths and also understanding what your limitations are and how can we adapt and, you know, maybe not make them so limiting. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it does, there's a lot that goes into it. There's not really a simple answer to that. That's where kind of the, the tools that I teach come into play, all the coping mechanisms and skills Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. But the, the foundation though, is self-awareness and Mm self-reflection. Like we talked about, if they're unable to recognize and accept this stuff, then they can't move to that next step, which is figuring out how to alter it a little bit to be more beneficial for them. Right. Yeah. And I always look at things when people say, well, is that a bad thing? Is that a good thing? And and even I I talk about it in the same way that I talk about, um, you know, maybe is that a bad habit to have? Is that a good habit to have? And I always say, well, it's not good or bad unless it's getting in the way of a goal that you have if mm-hmm. something you're doing, a habit you're doing, a, a, a behavior you're having, a thought process you're having is impeding you to get to the other side of something that's important to you, then it's a problem. Yes. But if it's not in the way of anything, it's not affecting anything negatively in the long run, mm-hmm. then it's really, it just is, it just is what it is. Well, then it wouldn't be a limitation. Right. It's yeah. Limitations, meaning it's limiting from me yeah. from getting somewhere, right? Yeah. A limitation. Yeah, but a, a you could have a characteristic, a personality behavioral characteristic. I would imagine that I'm thinking out loud here that isn't limiting as much. Where people might say, "Oh, well, that's kind of a problem that, that that person is that way." Well, maybe it's a problem for you because you don't relate to being that way. But it's maybe it's not a problem to that person because that person's operating your life just perfectly and getting. The things done that they need to get get done well that's where the importance in recognizing that you know everybody has different behavioral styles comes into play yeah and that's why it's important like we just go back to the team example that's why it's important when you have a team to kind of run through this with them so that they understand like hey just because johnny 
isn't this, you know, doesn't react the same way or doesn't respond the same way to certain things that you do or doesn't get motivated by the same things that you do doesn't mean that that's not there. Right. It just is a, it comes in a different form for him. And so understanding each other and how each other operates is, is huge. For yeah. And it really has a lot to do with um, accepting the diversity again, accepting yes. the diversity in yes. all of us. Yes. That's what it is. Hey, it's a, we, we all care about the same. I was you know, I go back to humanity on this too. And to, you know, I know this like takes it to a bigger level, but it's that acceptance in each other. Like, I know we're not exactly the same, but I think at the end of the day, we all want the same things. Right. We just had different ways of going about it and feeling it through and seeing yeah. it. And there's no right or wrong way. Right. It's all okay. You mm-hmm. know? And I mean, we don't want to be the exact same anyways. How boring would life oh, be? Oh, no, no, no. And I, I would go back to say when people say like, and this goes off to a different to- topic a little bit, but it's almost like when people talk about, um, I am very judgmental when it comes to behavior of people in terms of two buckets. I judge people when they're not being kind to other people. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really like, like there's there's nice, kind people who are being nice and kind to other people. And then there are people who are not. And if I have any prejudice at all and in my life, that is, is I have a prejudice against people who are hurting other people. Right. And so again, when our behavior in life shows up and is hurtful to other people, then it is a problem. Right. Yeah. 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 Especially when it's happening out of just lack of understanding of the other yeah. person, lack of awareness, lack of understanding. Yeah. And even with our own behavior, it's like yeah. a lack of understanding. Of, well, I don't know why I respond like that every single time that that happens. I don't know. You know, so that gets into the whole thing of like, again, self-reflection, yes. understanding why things happen. And like you said, you can't move to the next step until you really master self-awareness. Yeah, absolutely. They have charts that they got to fill out when they go through all this stuff. And I always am like, I want you to fill this chart out in so much detail that if you were to hand it to a stranger and say, just come watch my game real quick, (laughs) hand it to a stranger, that stranger should be able to read your chart and understand, oh, they're in red zone right now. Oh, they look like they might be in yellow. Oh, okay. Now they're back in green, right? That's how detailed and how self-aware that's my goal for them at least anyways. And that yes, takes I love a it. lot of time, a lot of yes. time. Yeah. So. And do your athletes, do they come back to you? Like what they're like, Oh my God, I was going to red zone. And then I, I recognized it. And then they come back and say, and then I was able to do this and I was able to shift. Yes. You would not believe the transformations that happen with, with this oh. stuff. It's absolutely, I mean, it's, it's literally why I do what I do. Yeah. Like I That's just, what puts us in our green zone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It just, it makes me so happy i just love yeah. it so much yeah and when they so do why because you know why why because you're because we're well you know why because <laughs> we know once they get that tool yeah. in their tool chest they get to keep it for life oh forever yeah forever it's a gift oh yeah and it's so funny too just on that note it's really funny when so they'll they'll get to this level in their sport where they like unlock this magical thing right <laughs> in doing all of this work and then we'll take it to a, the next level when they, they have this aha moment and they discover that this tool 
also works in school and in relationships. And it's like, they'll come to so excited me. They'll be like, I used this tool before a test and I, and they're just like so pumped to tell me and I love hearing it. And I'm like, yes, yes. So you see, use it all the time everywhere. Yes. It doesn't, it's not just limited to your sport, but it's just so, it's so cute. It just warms my heart so much. Yes. And well. that's why I love it too, is because yeah. we, you know, that they're going to, they're going to discover exactly this yes. and it, it just makes life so oh, yeah. much easier to navigate. Oh yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay. So that is, um, behavior styles and red, green, yellow, orange zones, <laughs> and we can apply them to sport. We can apply them to life. And I would say that the takeaways here, when we talk about pouring into ourselves, as we always want to, um, take a look at that as we need to pour in self-awareness, we need to pour in reflection. We have to pour in grace, vulnerability, honesty, truth, clarity, all those things. So we can really understand what our styles are, how we respond to the world um, and how we can navigate our different zones throughout the day to try to stay at the peak, stay at the top of the bell curve, stay in the four to the six most of the time. Right. And so it's, it's really just what you said. Yeah. Just staying self-aware and doing the work. And it can be scary and that's okay, mm -hmm. but just 10 seconds of courage. And then on yeah. the other side of that is magic. Yeah. Magic. Promise. Just get a little vulnerable with yourself and you will change your life. I love it. Yep. Great. Right. Great stuff. Yeah. See you next time guys. Bye. Bye. I'm just sitting over here in my orange zone. Such a great little peaceful place to be. And we hope that you really enjoyed listening to this episode, kind of paired with last week and, and learn a little bit about um, mindset zones and behavioral styles that apply to life in general. But if you do have anybody who does play sport, athletes, um, you know, if you've got sons, daughters, friends, whatever, who are more interested in learning about how they show up and what their different emotions and energies are as they're playing, definitely have them check this out. And if they are interested in learning more, definitely uh, hook up with Danielle. And she's got a plethora of educational tools and programs and, and whatnot to um, teach in that subject. So that was really fun for us. So once again, have an incredible day, have an incredible week. And until next time, keep pouring into yourself and others.